Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. You're listening to the BBM Global Network with 25 years in broadcast audio and video production. Our passionate team creates content and marketing for the world of Internet talk radio. If you've got a passion, come join us at BBMGlobalNetwork.com. The BBM Global Network. Your voice is now heard. Discover the wisdom and deep meaning from the everyday experience of your life journey. Welcome to Earth Walkways with your host, Darlene Rollins. Earth Walkways will help you love your life as it is and discover the hidden meanings and messages in everything that unfolds. So please welcome the host of Earth Walkways, Darlene Rollins. Welcome to Earthwalk Ways. This is your host, Darlene Rollins. Happy New Year, everybody, coming to you from boldbravetalk.com. Um, I want to, you know, welcome everybody back from the New Year. And uh, I did a nice ceremony for the Light in the Darkness uh, series that's on the YouTube channel, Earthwalk Ways. So you can check that out as well as some more of the lecture material that I'm going to be working with today. But before we go there, I just want to, you know, check in with everybody. I don't know how everybody else is doing, but <laughs> this new year has come in with lots of shaking and challenges um, to things and plans. And I kind of felt like I was wanting to, after a couple of week break over the holidays, you know, like get launched and get going on numerous projects. And, and on January 3rd, we got hit with a very unusual snowstorm. And so, you know, like, uh, uh, there's a, some way in which, you know, uh, this feels like almost metaphorical, right? Like there's, like the mountain keeps showing up and getting bigger. I mean, a lot of just the projects with forest gardens, you know, like, it's di more difficult now because of the supply chain and the inflationary aspects, right? And, of course, the old buildings there are... You know, now we're getting into the cracks and the crevices and the fault lines. So so it's like in reality, you know, what's already been there is being revealed right And the mountain is getting more real in many ways. And it's true. We have some heavy lifting to do and and it's daunting and, and uh, you know, it makes us unhappy in some ways. But I think it's an energetic expression of the current moment for us in, in general. And of course, you know, many of you may feel it also, and on the world scale, I think it's also sort of the reality that we're trying to face into. Um, so for us here in Stafford County, Virginia, we 
started out with a kind of an unusual snowstorm and we've been declared an emergency zone it it was like about 10 to 12 inches here you know that we've had that before but i have never seen a storm that was such wet snow that even the bare branches of the trees it was sticking to in the crowns and then bending everything over or causing branches to break off it was sort of a really weird scene to step out in my woods and and just like every few seconds hear a pop snap you know crack in the air around me and branches falling one did the roof of our house it was kind of miraculous in that it did very little uh, damage we still have you know to deal with it but couldn't have been a better situation given that it was going to happen so um, you know again with woods all around me I felt you know kind of protected by the trees as well like they were doing their best to not drop their branches on top of my home or my cars or anything like that and we ended up with you know like trees down all the way through the driveway so I couldn't get out and and then I had left the chainsaw over at Forest Garden so <laughs> that was a problem and we did have a wood stove here, um, which made a huge difference. And you know, our we were able to keep the house at about 60 degrees, and you know, keep the warm food in us and that kind of thing. But you know, it was five days longer. Like I, 5:30 Sunday, Monday morning, it started, and we weren't back up and running until Friday afternoon, evening. So it was, you know, a long stretch, and. Many people, I mean, I was more worried because, you know, people over in forest gardens didn't have any heat, right? So there were, were situations and I couldn't do much. But but there was also like a really interesting, uh, you know, even though we're just like right next to each other, you know, I felt pretty helpless. But there was also like this movement in the community of our little road, Holly Corner, that was very beautiful to watch. We have a a really nice, wonderful man who has a landscaping company called Green Century LLC, and he's, like, really sensitive to the environment and things like that. Trees, loves them, you know. And uh, he, you know, kind of went into this small-scale construction stuff and has bobcats and all kinds of equipment. So on Monday morning, you know, he stepped out the road, and he said all he could see was trees across it all the way down, so he got... A couple of other neighbors with chainsaws and his equipment and they began clearing and it wasn't until 10 o'clock Monday night that he got us all the way out to Route 17 and there really isn't any other access to you know the homes in this area to the rest of civilization except that route so he said he had actually cut up and moved 80 trees across the road between here and 17 which is about a three mile little maybe a little more than that maybe four mile stretch of, of road that he cleared and helped a woman who had a diabetes issue that you know would have had to been helicoptered out of here you know there was all kinds of you know ways that our community reap benefits from that um and and also then uh, one of our members, Joanne, you know, like the Westby Lane is a non, you know, like we couldn't find VDOT anywhere, but even if VDOT was around, the uh, farm road into Westby and into a lot of the power line issues and where there were power lines down and stuff in several places, 
you know, went right into our property down this little farm road that was not state maintained. And so, you know, Joanna talked to the neighbors into helping her get out there immediately and start, you know, clearing off the the trees and stuff. And so with that, you know, we really had service coming in to help us. We had people coming in from Myrtle Beach, South Carolina, and further south, you know, coming up to uh, man Cruz to help us. And, you know, even then it still took five days, but we were some of the first that, you know, they could get in and, and start doing the repairs. And, I mean, it was massive repair work. So um, I wasn't sure how long we were going to be out, but it was um, – you know, a lot of interesting, you know, experiences in, in going through that. And, of course, it looks like we're <laughs> coming up with a potential other one down. You know, I don't know if it's going to have the same kind of constituency to the snow, which was largely a problem. But, um, yeah, we're looking to probably get snowed in again over the weekend, Sunday, Monday, coming down. So... Anyway, in Virginia, like the last two years, we hadn't had hardly any snow here. So <laughs> it's like proving to be an interesting grand entry of the year, you know, and, and is sort of both, you know, taking an exhausted society. We've got, you know, COVID coming up with, you know, this new Omicron and spread, you know, like there's it's like there's a kind of, you know, pushing us to the edge in some sense. I think, and 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 people are, you know, having a lot come up for themselves. So I'm just hoping that everybody can realize that there's, you know, there's something deeper going on, and to hold themselves and to, you know, firm their, you know, you know, let go of the fear and just kind of keep working towards the right direction. Um, you know, there's many things that can happen. We don't know the future. You know, but I think that there is this real, you know, profound process that is happening to us and through us that my my hope is that, you know, will awaken and help lead us into a kinder, gentler world in some way, I guess you'd say. Um, and a more a world that, you know, recognizes we need each other, right? We can't do it alone. We can't live in our little separate spaces and and then we have to figure out well how can we be together and be different or or be together and you know have these you know very different ways of looking at the world and you know what does that mean and how how can we navigate it so it's it feels like you know we're facing this huge paradigm shift right you know because we can't seem to go forward and yet you know or go we can't stay where we are you know or going forward in the same old paradigm but we can't seem to find our way quite outside of it yet. So um, I just want to, you know, say that I'd like to, for our first New Year's show then, you know, given all of this, and it's kind of like flipping to the other side of the coin in a way, I, I want to take a rather deep dive into something that the Pathwork Guide talks about, you know, that, I, I see, you know, that we're up against as well. So I think naming it and working with it, you know, consciously can can help us in having the strength and the fortitude and the willingness and the understanding, right, to continue to align with the light and, and go, you know, uh, 
do the best we can, right? Give give it everything we've got in a sense right now. So uh, part of you know what we're dealing with is you know this evolutionary shift in crisis, right? Um, and and in many spiritual traditions, right? There's this uh, myth or story about you know this kind of time of a spiritual battle between the forces of good and evil or the light and the darkness, right? Um, and in many traditions, this spiritual battle has already been fought and won on one plane. And, and then it's like, you know, the mop-up <laughs> work that we're doing here. But on another level, it's also here to instruct and help awaken and evolve us, right? You know, and, and help us find the inner free will choice, right? That, that we need to make um, within each of us, you know, uh, because that's a part of what the divine, you know, reality is, is that, you know, we were granted a, a gift of free will, right? And, and for God to deny free will means, you know, or, or sort of impose, you know, or for, for any of us, right? You know, it's part of why there's such a backlash, you know, like, like, I mean, we have to choose to be united. We can't impose it, you know. And so there's this difference between, yeah, what's right is to be united. You know, who knows, you know, what that ultimately is around or what, you know. But, you know, hopefully we we can find that way. But this superimposition, you know, is part of why there's this. But then also the the forces of darkness can use all of these things to spread half-truths and confusions and, you know, there's separation going on and there's materialism that's, you know, really at, at the base of this. And, you know, these are all forces, right, in levels of states of consciousness or whatever. But in a lot of spiritual traditions, these forces are personified. So, you know, think of you know, the personification of the divine forces in the nature of the angels. Um, so, you know, there's a personification of God in the figure of Jesus, you know, in, in the Christian tradition, right? And others, you know, maybe Buddha, you know, but there is a kind of understanding, you know, of this uh, larger, you know, like signatures of consciousness and, and that they... Help us to be personified within them, you know, and and to identify and choose. So anyway, we're coming up to a break, so I'm gonna um, uh, close right now. This is Earthwalk Ways. This is um, Darlene Rollins coming to you from BoldBraveTalk.com. Mike Zorick, a three-time California state champion in Greco-Roman wrestling at 114 pounds. Mike, blind since birth, was born in Hartford, Connecticut. He was a six-time national placer, including two seconds, two-thirds, and two-fourths. He also won the Veterans Folk Style Wrestling twice at 152 pounds. In all these tournaments, he was the only blind competitor. Nancy Zorick, a creative spirit whose talents have taken her to the stage and into galleries and exhibitions in several states. Her father, a commercial artist who shared his instruments with his daughter and helped her fine-tune her natural abilities, influenced her decision to follow in his footsteps. Ms. Zorick has enjoyed a fruitful career. 
doing what she loves. Listen Saturday mornings at 12 Eastern for the Nancy and Mike Show for heartwarming stories and interesting talk on the BBM Global Network. Have you ever wondered why some children recover from their symptoms of autism while others never seem to get any better? After 13 years of research, Karen Thomas has recovered her own son from his symptoms of autism naturally. She now shares how she did it with you in her free webinar so that you can have the right resources and knowledge to help your child. The definition of recovery is to regain health. Karen offers this to you in four stages. Healing the gut, natural heavy metal detoxification, balancing the co-infections of autism, brain support, and repair. Register now for this free webinar to help you know what you can do to help your child to sleep better, be more calm, improve focus, and reach their fullest potential to live a happy, healthy life. Go to naturallyrecoveringautism.com forward slash free workshop. Empowering parents with the resources to naturally recover autism from a mom who's done it. Welcome back to Earthwalk Ways. This is your host, Arlene Rollins, coming to you from boldbravetalk.com. And today we're talking about, you know, this personification of the forces of evil. And this is a word that, you know, we don't always use in our current culture, although I think it's coming more to the fore on both sides of things, you know, pointing fingers and, and that. But the guide has some very interesting things to say. So I would like to, you know, just share with you uh, a lecture, one of the latter lectures, uh, 248, where he really takes a pretty good deep dive into this question. And for me, you know, it helps me like partly my New Year's resolution, right? You know, that um, I want to, you know, renew my commitment to my own transformation and, so this really helps me see, you know, what dynamics are playing out in me and in the world and, and then gives me, you know, tools better to, to work with it. And, and it is, uh, you know, a time for sort of upgrading to another level, I think, is what I'm getting. So choosing love, you know, or fear, we have our free will choice, but somehow... You know, we we do need to know how to proceed. And so I find the pathwork is generally highly recommended. And then this particular lecture, I think, adds some great things to our understanding. So the guide starts out by exploring our cultural relationship with outer negative spiritual entities, right? You know, like he talked about when we moved into the scientific age, we kind of let go of these beliefs as superstitious. But he's inviting us now to reconsider this in a more sophisticated way. Um, and and does acknowledge that there is a truth that you know it was uh, you know disintegrated into a kind of superstition that wasn't exactly useful or healthy. Oftentimes, that's what happens is we have a kind of admixed current, right, of truth and then distortion. Okay, so reading from lecture two forty eight. In this lecture, I wish to instruct you again about certain realities and laws concerning evil. It is very important that you understand more about this so controversial subject at this present moment. For many centuries, the power of evil was fully recognized. Humanity had a sense of the invisible and what is usually referred to as supernatural regarding both the forces of light and the forces of darkness, as well as their manifestations, their effects, their influence in your realm, 
and their personification as spirit entities, as angels and as devils. It has always been said that the individual's free will determined whose influence would predominate in one's life. The strength of one's lower self and one's inability and willingness to face and therefore transcend the lower self uh, make some people prey to evil influences and lack of self-knowledge inevitably leads, leads to lack of self-responsibility. And thus humanity felt victimized by evil spirits, right? And this is where it goes into distortion. And then fear of them often led to submission to them. Uh, so as history proceeded, a disconnection from the invisible world occurred. And this disconnection itself is in a way a manifestation of evil um, in some ways evil in its manifestation must itself become the medicine to overcome evil at least in the long run and therefore this disconnection from supernatural realities inevitably had some regrettable effects but it also created an arena in which people could no longer blame the devil for their own misdemeanors they had to look within themselves to correct the effects of evil so humanity had to go through a period of isolation and separateness from the invisible realities in order to grow into self-responsibility. However, what was ridiculed as superstition was in reality a half-truth. And it is indeed a kind of superstition to make outside forces responsible for one's fate. And yet invisible forces do exist and do have their influences. In other words, we are dealing once again with a duality Either the self is responsible for the individual's fate or the angels and devils are. Humanity has matured sufficiently to be able to unite this duality. After a long period of concentrating on the self at the expense of invisible forces, the time has come when you can combine the two facets of reality and truly make them the one reality it is from spirit world's vantage point. Although I have discussed the existence of these forces ever since my task with you began, for a considerable time we concentrated mostly on your own inner being with all its subtleties and all the various levels of consciousness and their interaction within you and around you. You have begun to understand that to a degree your lower self, to the degree that your lower self is conscious, thereby enabling you to choose not to act upon it and to pray for help to purify it, you are invulnerable to evil. To the degree you commit yourself to the will of the highest and dedicate your life to follow in the light of love and divine inspiration, spirits cannot approach you. But it is not enough to voice such good intentions on the surface of your being. The decision must penetrate the most hidden levels of your personality if you are to become the shining light that repels dark spirits. My beloved friends, the time has come for you to understand more profoundly how you are an electromagnetic field that always attracts what is commensurate with certain levels of your innermost being. And this is, I think, a beautiful thing that we can begin to really work with, right, you know, and to understand like that there is this kind of magnetism and this way that we are, you know, more than the physical body, a kind of field. And there is a phenomenon that's happening within our field, depending on the vibration, you know, and, and you know, kind of weather of that inner state. So he says, your understanding of this material will prove immensely useful and will bring this in clear, into clear focus. Um, 
your view of life in general and your own life in particular. He says, first of the three basic principles of evil is the most obvious to humanity. Devil was always associated with the principle which aims to destroy and to inflict suffering at all costs. The separation between the self that perpetrates suffering and the victim who suffers is so great that the perpetrator is deluded into being unaffected by the further effects of his or her acts. It is known that everything about Satan is earmarked by separation, not only from God, but also from others and from the self. This aspect of separation exists in the case of all three principles I shall discuss here. The delusion of evil in the case of this first principle lies in the misperception that your brother's or sister's pain is not unavoidably also your own pain. Instead of recognizing this basic truth, a person, whether in human form or as a discarnate entity who is filled with evil, experiences excitement and pleasure when spreading destruction, suffering, and pain. The second principle of evil is materialism. And this not only applies to the earth sphere, but equally and often even more to a variety of hellish spheres in which entities live in a totally disconnected way, convinced that the dead state of thickly condensed matter, much more thickly condensed than your living matter, is the only reality that exists. In such hellish spheres, the suffering is not the same as the suffering deriving from the first principle. The second principle is... Uh, less understood and sensed. I'll give one illustration. Imagine a life in which nature is totally absent. Nothing is alive. All is condensed matter. Nothing has flavor. By the same token, the entity's inner nature is equally inaccessible. Everywhere there is only deadness, mechanicalness, and alienation from all that is pulsating life within and without. There is no birth and no death. Yet the unchanging existence here is not the eternal life that is truly heaven. This manifestation is the distortion of eternity. It is hopelessness itself as if no change were ever possible. Existence is totally mechanized. Such hopeless kind of suffering is neither more nor less desirable than suffering through direct infliction of pain. It is simply a suffering of a different kind corresponding to a different principle of evil. And I don't know if you can sense this, but again, if you think of these things as fields of consciousness, right, of states, you know, uh, I mean, you know, like we may not know this complete, you know, state of mechanicalness and materialism that he gives the example of ourselves, but we know some sense of it, right? You know, we've all felt some deadness, some, you know, experience of sort of the mechanicalness of uh, the way that, you know, human is imposing itself on the culture and our kind of machine metaphors of things and, you know, the the worship of that. And then also, I think materialism is also just recognizing, I, I read one thing, one place that said, you know, so, you know, Satan is, is to, you know, kind of tempt us to believe that we are gods, right, you know, and and that we're the special one and nobody else is any good, you know, and separation and all of that. Um, 
and materialism, you know, the being, and I, there, there are names, the guide doesn't name them, but in other traditions, these beings have names. So Satan was more common and familiar to most people, but there is a, a name for the, the materialistic principle and the personification of that, you know, and, and it's, um, you know, a kind of temptation into, you know, there is nothing, there is no spirit, right? There's nothing of, of life or something of higher order, you know, here. So, uh, you know, the guide says one of the beautiful things about where we find ourselves in the earth is, is that we are able to have 50, 50, you know, we have both these realms of, of darkness and these realms of light. And so we have this compare and contrast and this ability to, again, you know, uh, eventually make choices, um, in, in this realm, which is, you know, something that, you know, even the most darkest beings, you know, will also have that possibility in time. So in a sense, there's a, a merciful, you know, process that's happening in all of this, you know, where the evolution is, you know, there was a slow devolution, the guide talks about, right, in consciousness. And so there's a, an evolutionary process that we're going through now. But, uh, you know, he, he talks again where we can see that until fairly recently, uh, the history of our Earth sphere manifested the first principle of evil in a more stronger way, the separation, the cruelty. You know, in the last hundred years or so, the influence of the second principle has taken over the materialism. With the disappearance of the superstitions, the connection with the subliminal levels of reality has also disappeared. The lifeline to pulsating reality and to re-enlivening was broken. The result was an alienated reality in which humanity prided itself on the advanced state. Advanced because the emphasis on matter actually did result in technological progress, but also advanced because human beings became the only reality unto themselves. So we're coming to uh, another break, and we'll continue after the break. This is Darlene Rollins. This is Earthwalk Ways coming to you from BoldBraveTalk.com. Mike Zorick, a three-time California state champion in Greco-Roman wrestling at 114 pounds. Mike, blind since birth, was born in Hartford, Connecticut. He was a six-time national placer, including two seconds, two-thirds, and two-fourths. He also won the Veterans Folkstyle Wrestling twice at 152 pounds. In all these tournaments, he was the only blind competitor. Nancy Zorick, a creative spirit whose talents have taken her to the stage and into galleries and exhibitions in several states. Her father, a commercial artist who shared his instruments with his daughter and helped her fine-tune her natural abilities, influenced her decision to follow in his footsteps. Ms. Zorick has enjoyed a fruitful career doing what she loves. Listen Saturday mornings at 12 Eastern for The Nancy and Mike Show for heartwarming stories and interesting talk on... Did you know that your beliefs create your entire reality? But it's the subconscious beliefs that do most of the creating. Belief Shifter and Life Coach Shiraz can help you identify those limiting beliefs and eliminate them, often in a single session. Like it was almost instant, like... 
I had relief right away. Creating better health, relationships, careers, and finances. Let Shiraz help you step out of safety and into awareness. Definitely something's happening. Uh, it's like a, a flow inside. You know, it feels good. Whether in person or online, Shiraz provides personal coaching, belief shifting. Visit Shiraz at energeticmagic.com or call 416-529-7429. Energetic Magic on the BBM Global Network, Tuesdays at 7 p.m. Eastern. Find your greater happiness. Be well. Be aware. Be magical. Welcome back to Earth Walkways. This is your host, Darlene Rollins, coming to you from boldbravetalk.com. And we're um, discussing a lecture or reading through a lecture, actually. I just find it, you know, pretty clear and, uh, you know, a very useful guide right now on personification of evil and sort of the three principles of, of evil and to, you know, understand them more as spheres of consciousness, right? You know, and, and we all move through many different spheres of consciousness. I don't know if people are more conscious now, but, you know, we, we've we been melting down lately, you know. Well, what is that? That's a regression into a, you know, more child state of consciousness, right? You know, and, and so there's lots of belief structures that create vibrational states of consciousness. And, you know, everything that we do in consciousness has consequence uh, beyond what we fully have understood so that's a part of what we're trying to understand and wake up to and so you know in these spheres you know both you know out in you know the astral spiritual levels of of reality that we're living in you know we're just a condensed you know participation and and you know both of these influences of you know the light and of these things that we're talking about, these three personifications of evil are available here. Um, and we're learning, you know, how to recognize and, you know, avoid the temptations of the dark principles, right? And choose in this higher understanding of uh, life and light and, you know, what God wants in a sense, you know, which is you know, a, a harmonious kind of beautiful reality, right, that you see, you know, reflections of in, in nature in so many ways, you know, this living matter that we we have all around us, right? And I, I think it's also as the light is coming in, it's, it's illuminated as well. So we're, you know, in this kind of place where as we're being illuminated and lifted up, you know, I think also the the spiritual battle is is intensifying and so we're seeing all around us these forces of darkness uh, intensify separation cruelty hatred you know all of the luciferian kinds of things the egoic level you know this this deep materialism right you know that denies spirit and consequences of of actions and just wants to control and and use and uh, you know abuse and then the third principle the guide talks about um you know he says the first two have been known by spiritually aware people um and he says since every principle and every aspect of spiritual reality can and frequently does also manifest as an entity 
two different kinds of devils were recognized by some visionaries. They represented and personified these two principles. Each one held its own kingdom and ruled its own world with spirits of lesser power serving it. The hierarchy that is recognized in divine spheres also exists in satanic spheres. And then he goes on to talk about this third principle of evil is little known. And although it has only been recognized in a vague way, perhaps as a byproduct of evil, it is a powerful principle itself. And it is an eff as effective as the other two principles. And like them, it has its own personification, hierarchy, and realm. It is the principle of confusion, distortion, half-truth, and all the variations that may possibly exist in connection with it. It includes using truth where it does not belong or is not applicable so that the truth subtly turns into a lie without being easily traced as such because it is presented under the guise of divine truth and seems unassailable. The resulting confusion is not just an extremely effective weapon of evil. It is an evil principle in itself. It will be easy to see, my friends, how important it is for you to understand this now. You will find all these principles represented in your world and around you and within your own lower self. You will see that it is in its negative intentionality, your own lower self contains all three principles of evil. Only when you become clearly aware of this can you recognize when devilish forces and spirits want to destroy you and inflict pain on you by enticing you to inflict pain on others. They also want to convince you of the illusion that you are separated and isolated, that neither God nor any life exists beyond the life of your present body. And finally, they want to drive you crazy with confusion, dualistic splits, false either-ors, half-truths, and subtle distortions that you cannot sort out. To recognize all this is of tremendous value for you. You cannot deal with an enemy whose existence you ignore and whose weapons you cannot recognize. The time has come when you can clearly see how the corresponding type of distortion in the unpurified areas of your soul becomes an inevitably compelling field of attraction to powerful forces of evil that you can only neutralize and render harmless by your own determination to remain true to God. You can use the light of Christ to help you work within yourself and purify yourself so that this field of traction within you can be transformed into a different magnet attracting different forces. And so, you know, this Christ again is a personification and we can take it outside of the kind of Christology of sort of the Christian church, you know, and, and understand it again as the, the personification of love, of light, of truth, right? Um, and, and sort of the highest being the personification of the highest consciousness and the first created consciousness that the creator, you know, manifested. So anyway, we can, you know, really understand that these three principles coexist and there can be some stronger in manifestation at certain periods of history or during certain phases of an individual's life. And it's the individual's characteristics and personal inclinations in each entity that determine which of these principles are most compatible with the individual in question. So again, you know, we're, we're sort of not tempted by obvious things like, you know, that are outside of our range of compatibility, you know, it would be hard to tempt me into murder or something like that, you know, but, 
you know, I can kind of recognize sometimes murderous rage, right? You know, but there's a way in which, you know, even in that, you know, like the the step over, you know, but there's other things, you know, that I can be tempted into. Maybe the murderous rage is one of them, you know. So there's a way that, you know, depending on what our is is kind of still stuck in us where we're attached to our defense, you know, to, you know, using force and control, which is the, you know, nature of the adversary's, you know, uh, intention, you know, like, so, so, you know, to be like God, we, we don't want to be like that, right? So we have to let go of these tools that are so common in this world and used all of the time. And then how do we, you know, manage to, quote unquote, protect ourselves, etc., you know, and, and, and bring the light into the earth plane even more. So it seems like, you know, it's it's kind of challenging and that they have the upper hand in many ways. And and what we're seeing now a lot is, you know, how the hidden darkness is, is being revealed and it's sort of overwhelming and we sort of not clear what to do or how to proceed or go forward. But just to understand that, you know, within us and around us that, uh, re- revealing of this is actually a healthy thing and oftentimes the consciousness is all that's needed and and what the guide is just suggesting here is that we can kind of understand you know that there, there is a uh, an aim of the forces of darkness they they want to alienate creation from the creator they want to make us feel separate isolated alone helpless and controlled and and it's a denial of the true nature of what we were created for and as. So there's a way that, you know, there's much more to us and, and it's kind of like we're under a spell. Maybe it's an illusory spell, you know, that th- these forces have cast on us. And so that's what we're trying to wake up from. So here is an example I'm reading from the lecture again of how the three principles interact. Confusion and distortion of reality making a truth out of a lie and a lie out of the truth, create a numbness toward the cosmic eternal aliveness that can be felt deep in the soul of any individual when there is truth and clarity. This numbness created out of confusion and chaos inevitably inflicts pain and suffering just as the lie must inflict pain and suffering. Starting with any one of the three principles most prevalent in an individual or in a collective manifestation, you will see that they must all coexist and reinforce one another. Today's human mentality can accept the principle of good and evil more easily than the fact that they are both also personified. However, even the principle of good and evil is still often disputed, as if good or evil were merely subjective perceptions. Here again, we are dealing with a half-truth. In fact, both good and evil are often experienced on a very superficial level according to limited personal and highly subjective perceptions. When the issues are seen on deeper level of consciousness, what was first believed to be good can often be seen as questionable and possibly as a mask of something evil. By the same token, what appears bad on the surface might turn out to be very good experience or manifestation. So it's quite true that good and evil should be both viewed with caution and discernment and examined in as much depth as possible. The denial of good and evil as absolutes, in spite of the relative perception humans have of them, leads to nihilism, hopelessness, and the void. 
The confusion and half-truth inherent in the denial of absolute good and evil is an expression of the third principle, which breeds the second principle until ultimately causing the first principle. In this age, humanity made a step in the right direction because it began to recognize that good and evil actually exist above and beyond the relativity of limited human perception. Humanity is open to accepting a creative principle and also seeing the existence of another principle that countermands the divine creative principle. But people nowadays are still hesitant to accept the fact that all principles can and do manifest as entities. It is though you still hesitate to let yourself be called childish and primitive by people who believe themselves to be wiser and more knowledgeable when they ridiculed other manifestations of reality. I like what he says here. He says, if personifications of principles and creative forces did not exist, how could you exist as a human being? <laughs> so I, I think this is a very beautiful way of kind of bringing this down to a human understanding of it. You know, we get a little woo-wah and freaked out or, you know, what, you know, what are they talking about here? You know, but it's like it's what we've been living with all along. You know, it's just personifying them and understanding them as energies and and forces that we're attracted to or we're you know, not, and, and that really do have consequences, you know, and, and there are, you know, consequences that are in line with, you know, divine union and, and the principles of love and all of that. And then there are consequences that are not and do one create minute, suffering. And so he says, you personify both principles of the good and evil. <laughs> As you know very well, you should, why should it be so hard to accept and, and to understand this principle. So we're we're coming to a, a break now. This is Earthwalk Ways coming to you from boldbravetalk.com. This is your host, Arlene Rollins. Have you ever wondered why some children recover from their symptoms of autism while others never seem to get any better? After 13 years of research, Karen Thomas has recovered her own son from his symptoms of autism naturally. She now shares how she did it with you in her free webinar so that you can have the right resources and knowledge to help your child. The definition of recovery is to regain health. Karen offers this to you in four stages. Healing the gut, natural heavy metal detoxification, balancing the co-infections of autism, brain support, and repair. Register now for this free webinar to help you know what you can do to help your child to sleep better, be more calm, improve focus, and reach their fullest potential to live a happy, healthy life. Go to naturallyrecoveringautism.com forward slash free workshop. Empowering parents with the resources to naturally recover autism from a mom who's done it. Mike Zorick, a three-time California state champion in Greco-Roman wrestling at 114 pounds. Mike, blind since birth, was born in Hartford, Connecticut. He was a six-time national placer, including two seconds, two-thirds, and two-fourths. He also won the Veterans Folk Style Wrestling twice at 152 pounds. In all these tournaments, he was the only blind competitor. 
Nancy Zorick, a creative spirit whose talents have taken her to the stage and into galleries and exhibitions in several states. Her father, a commercial artist who shared his instruments with his daughter and helped her fine-tune her natural abilities, influenced her decision to follow in his footsteps. Ms. Zorick has enjoyed a fruitful career doing what she loves. Listen Saturday mornings at 12 Eastern for The Nancy and Mike Show for heartwarming stories and interesting talk on the BBM Global Network. Welcome back to Earthwalk Ways. This is your host, Arlene Rollins, coming to you from boldbravetalk.com. And we're talking about Pathwork Lecture 258 on personification of evil. And I'm kind of presenting this because I think it's important at this time to realize, right, that we really are in a kind of spiritual battle both within and around us, right? But the important thing is is that within us. And and I don't know, you know, if everybody else recognizes, but I'm tempted, you know, to sometimes get frustrated or angry, you know, like justifiably, you know, and all of this kind of stuff, right? It's It makes sense, right? The world is falling apart. It shouldn't be this way, right? You know, and and yet we don't recognize that these things are harmful to others, put them under pressure or, you know, the field of rejection, judgment, hostility, right? You know, it's abusive in a way. And, you know, I, I'm calling the kettle black. I have difficulty with this, right? So I, I'm really trying to, you know, remember and recognize, right, what all people are going through right now and and that things are changed, the, you know, and, and the expectations that this ego of mine have about, you know, how well I should be treated, you know, are not really relevant in this time and probably never were you know it's kind of like the voice of pride inside of me right you know or this one up you know and so when I can you know come from this place of how to treat others first you know than how I want to be treated there's a a, a real shift right and and we we all know this in some ways you know and most of us that were raised in Sunday school or even any other tradition you know but you know, we don't practice it. And I think, again, it's time that we're being called to up-level. And so, you know, now we want to, instead of denying the existence of negativity, you know, whether you want to call them devils or just whatever, you know, we want to overcome our fear and we, we need to recognize these voices and learn to distinguish, you know, where they're coming from. And and if you ignore or deny their existence, then, you know, or, or even, you know, collude with them, right, you know, which is often what happens, then you don't, you, you can't really become aware and counteract them. So if you do not know that at times they surround you and inspire you, you unknowingly become their tool. And if you do not consider that lies may be whispered into your thinking apparatus, You will not use your capacity to question and doubt the thoughts that filter through you, right? So what are thoughts? Are they all yours or not, right? You know, where do they come from? And if they have particular sort of negative slants, you know, sort of, and often it comes in a very subtle, hidden way, right? You know, justifiably, you know, complaining or whatever um, can, can get us into kind of a negative mood or an, or a negative relationship and, that has consequences. So it's necessary to become aware of the connection between your lower self, which due to its ignorance, fear, and lack of faith creates destructive defenses and negative intentionality, and the voice of the negative entities. 
Together, these two sources of negativity wreak havoc in your life and in the lives of those around you. The time has come when you need to know clearly, fearlessly, and intelligently what the facts of life are in this respect. Now is the time when you particularly need to know as much as possible of the enemy and its weapons so that you can combat this enemy force which is drawn toward you to the degree that you do not heed these periods of contact and fail to decide to make them a medicine. So what he's saying there is, you know, like, like when I notice that I'm, you know, succumbing to temptation, hopefully I can wake up out of that and, and then realize, okay, so, uh, you know, something is alive in me that I want to transform, right? You know, that I want, you know, to offer to heal and, and make that experience the medicine and of, of awareness that there's something off there or some imbalance that's needed. Uh, oftentimes it is a kind of PTSD, right, that we, we're reacting to. So again, you know, uh, evil can use our wounds, right, in a way uh, that we need to recognize and we need to hold our own wounded places so that they cannot be, you know, kind of co-opted for negative purposes. So it is... a not understood that satan doesn't oh hold on so it's god's will in a way for evil to have a sphere of activity and influence for in this way only can evil be truly overcome within the soul of the fallen spirits and all entities who have chosen thoughts and actions that plunge them into darkness it is to ensure this ultimate overcoming of evil that very exacting laws and rules exist definite limits are being set always according to the will and choice of the individuals in question. And when one makes the effort to question one's own thoughts and to claim one's determination to follow the way of truth and light, the power of the spirits of lying instantly wanes. How often do you allow yourself to be submerged by thoughts of untruth and confusion and be drowned in them until their effort disconnects you from the spark of life? until you suffer the pain of untruth and confusion. This is sad because it is unnecessary. If God, the creative principle of all universes, is not the enemy, uh, uh, he's going into a whole other discussion here. So um, so I think what we can do is, uh, I'm going to scroll kind of towards the end because we're not going to get all the way through this and see if we can sort of see what his concluding summaries are. Um, so he says, my beloved friends, you are all reaching the point in your development when taking responsibility for your creation must be combined with a profound knowledge of the invisible worlds and the laws according to which you attract or repel entities of different nature and development who then influence you and reinforce the force field within your soul. Each of the many areas of your soul may be influenced by the highest or the lowest forces. The choice is up to you. It is also important to understand that a person does not experience temporary evil influences because he or she is undeveloped or evil or bad. One individual may be more accosted by evil even though what needs to be purified in his or her soul may be much less dark than another soul substance who may be less accosted by demonic influences. So, you know, he's saying there the sort of in, in some ways the higher level of development we have, you know, oftentimes, you know, there's there's more of an effort on the side of, you know, destructive uh, 
negative beings, right? To you know, try we're closer, right? So their their efforts are greater. So you know, we're saying here that. Um, for example, we've reached a comparatively high level, areas which remain to be transformed are not recognized by your consciousness, and even though they might be productive, particularly destructive, and they can exert unrecognized, you know, greater attraction to negativity. So, and this is happening in some of my uh, spiritual communities too, I think, and, and within all of us, it's a temptation. So with this, my dearest friends, I give all of you the blessings of truth and love, the light I bring. So, we're closing, um, and this is your host, Darlene Rollins. I hope this segment has illuminated, and you can find some ways to bring this into your own lives and awareness, and not just see it on the outside, but really work with it within, because that's the template. So this is Earthwalk Ways. This is your host, Darlene Rollins, coming to you from boldbravetalk.com. And we're see you in two weeks. This has been Earth Walkways with your host, Darlene Rollins. Listen each week and connect to the natural world in a shamanic and mystical way. Here on Darlene Rollins, Earth Walkways. You've been listening to the BBM Global Network. The ideas, views, and opinions of this broadcast are those of the participants of the program and are not necessarily the ideas, views, and opinions of the BBM Global Network Company.